0: 15 minutes ago, the world changed. Companies are microchipping their workers. Robots are hiring humans. And brain-to-brain communication is a thing. This is all happening now. If you want to know what happens next, listen to the Jim Stroud podcast. Let's pretend you're hungry. I'm I, it's you know, I'm in the middle of my Uh, post-holiday detox, right? I know many of you are, so maybe you're hungry as well. And, in fact, talking about what I'm about to talk about may just be rude, but here we go. So let's pretend you're hungry and you want a pizza. How do you evaluate what pizza you want? Have you ever, in fact, evaluated the pizza by how well distributed the toppings were on that pizza? Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay. How about potato chips? Let's go get some potato chips. Have you ever decided I want that brand of potato chips because of the bag was new and improved? No, anybody? Anybody, I mean just any, no, okay, all right. How about beer? Have you ever decided I'm gonna drink that beer because I know that it was frost brewed cold and shipped cold and for some reason, being cold is good when it comes to making beer, I guess, or something. Anybody? No, of course not. But yet, if you watch your TV and watch the commercials and you watch all the information you can get about products and goods, you are inundated with facts. Facts like how well distributed is that pizza? How quickly will that pizza get delivered? How, you know, how attractive is, you know, what does the bag look like of the chip? What is the shape of the chip? Do I get a tortilla chip that's round or do I get a tortilla chip that's triangle? does it matter. Does the fact that the beer was brewed cold make the yeast and the hops more delicious somehow? I don't know, but they're just facts, and they're just thrown at us on a 24-7 basis under the guise of this is marketing. And I, I'm going to quibble. Yeah, I am. I know. Weird, right? Me? And I think when we think about our employer brands, because that's why we're here, that's why we're, you're listening to this stupid podcast, you're talking about facts way too much. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis, and I've been doing employer brand for years now, and I absolutely love the industry. I love how it's growing. I love how it's changing. And I've tried to do my part to elevate the concept, to get everybody to understand the power employer brand can have in hiring, attracting, and retaining talent. So we try to really focus on driving home the idea that this is a calling and a craft. It's a lot of getting your hands dirty, but it's also a lot of big strategic thinking. And that's where we kind of live, that kind of uh, Venn diagram, the intersection between those the big ideas and the getting the details right. So we talk a lot about employer brand and how to do it right and how to think about it and how to look at your problems in a whole new way. Ready to rock? One, two, three, let's go. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? Housekeeping notes, uh, I have office hours, so find the show notes and click it. You can ask, talk to me about anything for 15 minutes. You have employer brand questions or problems, or you just need a second set of eyes to look at your problem, hey, that's what I'm here for. 15 minutes, it's yours. There's a link in the show notes. Otherwise, join the uh, the newsletter. It's coming out every Monday morning, lots of headlines, and uh, we're about to hit 1,000 subscribers pretty soon, which is really kind of mind-blowing. So there you go. So anyway, facts. Um <laughs> you know, and I I I was literally walking around my house looking at products and thinking, have I seen commercials for those products and did those commercials make any sense whatsoever? Uh, you know, and I, I to me, you know, as you watch the commercials between, you know, quarters and a football game, you know, the, the things that are told to you, the things that are useful or are supposed, supposed to be useful, are ludicrous. They're ludicrous. Who cares if the packaging is new and improved? Remember the uh, there was a beer company for a while that made a bottle that had what they called a vortex opening and they had a spot they rifled the inside of the bottle so that when you chug the beer, the beer wouldn't kind of get all jostly. What? <laughs> There's another beer that, that talks about, hey, go get the same beer, but we're gonna use retro-shaped bottles. What? <laughs> cares? I mean, really, who cares? Who cares that when you put pepperoni and onion on my pizza, which by the way, that's how I take my pizza, that they're evenly distributed. What I care about is that it's delicious. That I care that it's going to be cooked at the right temperature to really caramelize the cheese and get it all gooey on top, that it makes the dough nice and crisp on the bottom and soft and chewy on the inside on the on the edge that the the sauce doesn't taste like ketchup um, you know that's actually seasoned I don't know call me crazy that's what I care about in a pizza don't you isn't that what you care about now assuming all things are considered assuming there's we're not talking about the difference between a 30 minutes or free or a it's in your freezer right now. All you have to do is drop it in the oven. It's not delivery. It's that other thing. Or having to stand in line an hour for an Italian place where it's got a real brick oven, where the, the, the heat of the oven is like four billion degrees, and it cooks in four and a half seconds, which, by the way, is the best pizza. Um, those things, you know, being equal, does it matter that the pepperoni that you get exactly two pieces of pepperoni per slice? Does, is, is that what's going to make you change your mind? Is that what's going to change your sense of what brand you choose? Of course not. <laughs> and yet, that's what our commercials are filled with. This idea that, hey, you know, buy your pizza from us, buy your chips from us, buy your beer here because we do this thing. It goes all the way back to Mad Men, right? That first episode of Mad Men, we've talked about it before, the idea that lucky strikes are toasted. It is a useless fact that we try to hang our entire brand on. That beer that's cold brewed and cold filtered, who cares? At no point does it tell me that it makes the beer taste any better. But of course, they can't say that because their beer tastes pretty much like water, like every other kind of major league brand like that. You want real beer flavor? You got to go to a microbrew. You got to go to someplace else. You got to go pick a beer that doesn't taste like, well, water that's old (laughs) for the most part. But they don't talk about that. They're competing against same versus same, so they're trying to find some sort of arbitrary and unlikely factoid to compete on. Now, I would suggest that that's not the way to go, but I have a counterfactual. I have a counterargument to that before I even get into this, and that is we live in the world of Amazon and online shopping. And I'm going to focus on Amazon not because I'm brand loyal, though Personally, I kind of am, but because it's been Christmas and holidays, and I just bought my kid a bunch of stuff, and most of those things came on Amazon. And so I'm thinking about buying a keyboard, a a musical piano for my kid, which, by the way, makes me stupid. (laughs) That was a poor choice. And I I was looking for a kid's keyboard. I want to spark her interest in music. She loves playing the ukulele, but pretends it's a guitar and still doesn't quite understand how chords work. So whatever, she likes to perform. She likes to make sounds. She's a kid, right? She's five. That's how it works. So I went and looked for a keyboard. Now, if you ever get the chance to look for keyboards on Amazon, you'll notice that some of them are $7. And some of them are $700. In fact, some of them are far more than seven hundred dollars. But those are far more professional-grade, concert-grade keyboards, right? That is what your favorite band has four of when they stack up behind the boards when you know they're they performing, right? And they, they need horns and they need triggers and they need whatever. Uh, obviously, I'm not buying those. It's for a five-year-old, and I think, well, gosh, I don't know anything about keyboards, really. Like I remember keyboards when I was a kid, and I bought a my my parents got a Casio maybe i guess that's where it came from you know when you're a kid and you're young enough they just things just materialize in your room you're like cool now i have this maybe i traded for it who knows but it was a casio it was handheld it had about 30 some keys it had a little samba section you know it had a you know it had two different sounds to it but it sounded and it sounded a little electronic but it sounded fine and i thought perfect that's what i want but if i look for a casio That particular brand, because it is a well-known, well-recognized brand, that they make all sorts of different things, those were very expensive. And I'm like, it's for a five-year-old. Maybe I don't want to give this $70 keyboard to a five-year-old. She still leaves things in the hallway for me to step on. Maybe not so much. So I go looking around, and you may have noticed this, the influx of brands you've never heard of. For any given, not just keyboards, but anything you look for, if you're not searching for a brand name, you get all these companies that you've never heard of. And chances are they're from the Far East in China and they're knockoffs or they're not knockoffs or they're their own brands or whatever. They're just not brands you're familiar with. So if you're buying headphones or computer parts or a, uh, a charging cable right for your phone, whatever phone you use or computer you use, or a keyboard, you're going to be inundated with all these brands you don't know anything about. Now, for the most part, these things all look the same. These keyboards, these headphones, these uh, cables, they're all functionally the same. and They have wide varieties of prices, and they try to throw in all kinds of varieties. This cable is blue. This cable is woven. This cable is blue and woven. There's three to a pack. There's one, it's three to a pack, but they're all six foot. They're three to a pack, but they're three different sizes for all your phone cable needs. And they try and give you all these different varieties to keep you from remembering it's just a phone cord. And really, those things should be commoditized. You should be able to plug them into your device and plug them into the USB port and have them charge. That's all you want them to do. You want them to do more like light up, that's up to you. But really, it's just make the thing, make my phone charge. So you start looking at them, and you're given all these facts. You're given facts like, I don't know, if we go back to the keyboard, X number of keys, 13 different sound files you could be applying to, you know, in a wave programs where it kind of makes the sound sound like a piano or sounds sort of kind of like a trumpet. Right, great. Um, it has rhythms. It doesn't have rhythms. It has a speaker. It has two speakers. It has a plug-in uh, mic. It's all USB powered. It is all plug into the wall powered. It's all battery powered. All these different facts. And I had to read all these stupid facts because I didn't know anything about the brand because I was given thrown all this information about a product I knew nothing about, I was not in any way, shape, or form brand loyal to any of this stuff, and being thrown facts was the only way I could make a choice. And I tell you, one, it was insanely frustrating, and two, I made a horrible choice. I, I the thing that my child has is so annoying. I want to throw it out. In fact, I'm going to find a way to make that happen. I will replace it with something else, but something that doesn't sound like a tinny speaker sitting on my eardrum. Right? If I have to live with a five year old who's going to sing songs atonally to our, to us, it should be with a tone that doesn't make me want to stab my own earball, your ear, ear sockets with a, a ice pick, right? I made a horrible choice because I was trying to rely on facts that I know nothing about. And it's going to throw scientific facts and it's going to throw feature facts. It's going to throw all these facts at me. And I'm kind of like, ah, I just want a really cheap keyboard my kid can play and maybe like music a little more so that one day I can give her a piano lesson and she doesn't want to kill me, right? That's all I really want. But if you put that in the Amazon search, you're not going to get what you want. You have to search and, and decide based on those facts. And that is a place when you're talking about a company or you're talking about companies or products that you know very little about, facts are useful. But here we turn all the way back to employer brand and this idea that the facts usually thrown at you are useless. I go, I went back to the Amazon page of the product I bought and I read it. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's kind of sort of true, but I was reading it, hoping for the best. And I read it with rose colored glasses right hey it has 14 different sounds yes all of them are horrible <laughs> all of them sounded like they were recorded on a tape machine from the 1980s and retranscribed onto the world's thinnest speaker and but no those facts weren't there they were all the facts that they wanted me to know about this product it has 14 different sounds the fact i really wanted to know was doesn't sound like a headache in a box but they couldn't say that or you know, because, that's not really a fact, that's an opinion. So this is where brands kind of step up and have an opportunity. Because in a way, and I'm stealing this from the Unseen podcast, uh, Jason Crowell recommended, uh, fantastic podcast, I'll throw it in the show notes if I remember to. Uh, it, just the first episode alone was really good. But one of the things they mentioned was this idea that influencers are powerful because they help us simplify things. They're there to simplify. And that kind of struck me as funny because I was like, oh, wow, isn't that what brands do, right? Of all the facts I would have had to sort through, if there were three brands that I knew something about of these keyboards, I would have been much, much happier spending a little bit more money if I had a sense that this brand is going to be high quality and this brand is going to be inexpensive and affordable or reliable or whatever, and this brand was going to be the one that she could take on tour. Right? If I knew something about those brands, but instead I had to go to fax. And because I had fax on my side or I had to go work on the fax, I had thousands of keyboards to choose from. I had to literally go filter and say, okay, okay, no more than 40 keys. I don't need a full piano, right? Uh, it should be less than $40, I guess. There's an arbitrary number. Uh, you know, yes, Amazon Prime, sure. Make sure I can ship it in a reasonable time where it's not sitting in a warehouse somewhere for four years before I finally get it, right? These were facts I had to wade through to make a decision, and I ended up making poor choices. That's where brands have real power, because they allow us to simplify the facts and bypass a lot of the facts. For example, if you ever buy headphones, same kind of process as buying a keyboard. You are gonna get inundated with so many facts, and headphones are the worst because they get all this scientific jargon and these charts with these megahertz, and all these, I don't understand. My degree in poli-sci did not prepare, prepare me to understand all the different tonal, nation, you know, tonations of the EQ on a blah-blah-blah, uh, my head's exploding, right? But you go look at any decent set of headphones and they're going to throw all these facts at you. Does it matter that it's a flat cable or a round cable? Does it matter that it's a woven cable over a flat cable? Does it matter? Okay, yes, I can see immediately see the value of having a mic or not having a mic. Got it. Is it valuable to have them a detachable cable? Maybe? I guess, but there's a fact. Should it be good at lower, uh, lower end of the spectrum or the middle? Uh, should it be more accurate or should it be more, you know, tuned for a particular kind of music? All of these facts enter into the decision. Now myself, I love headphones, even though I know nothing about really the science behind most of them. And I, uh, I'll admit, I'll spend a little bit of money on that pair of headphones. My headphones are not cheap. They're not throw it in the bag and don't worry about it. I care about my headphones. I don't understand the science around it, but I know that what I buy is Audio-Technicas this is not a a (laughs) promotion i'm not getting paid for this i'm just kind of brand loyal to these headphones why because i read an amazing review from someone i trusted i bought them they sounded amazing And i went you know what rather than look at a million kinds of headphones and try to evaluate the facts i'm going to stick to the brand because on a way it simplifies my life next time i go looking for headphones where do i start audio technica am i completely brand loyal no but it's a great way to start because if I didn't start with a brand, I'd have to start with a million facts that I don't understand, and that leads to heartbreak. Note the keyboard, right? I might be fact, those, those facts may be factually accurate, but are they useful to me? I don't know, and I'm scared now, and how do I choose? That's the problem with facts, and that's really where the power of your employer brand can step up. Because if I looked at your employer brand and all the different channels and communication elements that you use to try and communicate that employer brand, right? The career site and the job posting and the social posting and how you're responding to Glassdoor reviews and the photos you pick on all those things and the videos and the and, 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 right? All those things. Are you giving facts or are you explaining the brand? Now, for the most part, I think you're focusing on facts. Like if I go to any random career site, I can almost guarantee you that about halfway down the career site, they will start to list the facts, right? We're X size company. We have Y number of employees. We're public. We're not public. Uh, We're in X number of countries. We're in this many locations. Uh, We have PTO. Fact. We have this many people. Fact. We have a benefits package. Fact. We have health insurance. Fact. Dental and uh, vision. Fact. We have uh, paid volunteering day. Fact, 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 fact. All of these facts. Look at your job posting. Look at that paragraph, and and let's be fair, it's probably a boilerplate paragraph that maybe someone wrote for you, don't do that, Um, where it talks about the company itself and where it started. Hey, we started in 1984 by three people doing a thing. Fact. We no longer do that thing. We've since pivoted three times to do these other things. Facts, facts, facts. We're listed on the NASDAQ 7,000. Fact. I don't believe there is such a thing, but there you are. Fact, 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 fact. But they're not, the hope is, much like in the way I'm looking at keyboards, I'm being thrown all these facts. But I have to read between the lines to understand what those facts mean. And what you're doing by throwing all these facts at your candidates is forcing them to try and interpret these facts in a way that has any meaning whatsoever to them. We've talked about meaning, the power of meaning, that that your job in a lot of ways is to try and understand and define and create the meaning for that candidate. What does this job mean? What does this company mean? What does this brand mean? And this is one of the ways you're doing it, and this is one of the big outcomes of creating that meaning, is you're simplifying candidates' lives. A candidate has a built-in, mo- I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's, hey, Melinda, how you doing, right? <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast, but she and I worked together. She worked for me many years ago, and we worked at a company, and she did never want to work at another agency ever again. She goes, I hate agencies. I did not like my time at agencies. Uh, I don't want to go to another agency. And I said, look, it's very possible that the agency you went to was not typical of every agency, that if you got out of recruitment marketing or you went into a different space or you went to a different size agency or a different kind of model of agency, you might be much happier at that agency. Don't throw out the concept of agencies just because it simplifies your life. You might be overstepping the simplification process, right? And in a lot of ways, the candidates who look at your jobs, they have a preconceived notion of, oh, I would never work at a small company, or, oh, I would never work at a big company, or, oh, I would never work at a public company, or, oh, I would never work at a family company. There's no right or wrong here. They're simply just – they got burned by something, chances are, and they said, ah, I'm going to over-index against – size or family or ownership style or, you know, <laughs> model of of, of of whether it's public or not, right? They're going to say, oh, I will never work at this kind of government agencies or it's nonprofits or small companies or mid-size or whatever, right? They didn't have a good time at one. They over-indexed on that. that's the reason they didn't, like, have a good time there. They never want to do that again. What they're doing is trying to simplify. Why? Because when you start throwing all these facts at them, they have no choice. Like me and the keyboards, I'm like, I got to interpret what all these facts mean and decide if they ma- matter. Should I care that it's 32 keys instead of 36 keys? Is four keys gonna make a big difference to a five-year-old? I don't know. Or is that the kind of question of, do I care whether the pepperoni is perfectly well distributed among the pizza? Is the fact that it's just a fact for the fact's sake and thrown at you to make you feel good about the fact? Or does it create meaning? So when you're looking at all the work you're doing, all the employer branding and recruitment marketing work you're doing, look at it. Are you throwing facts out there or are you creating a brand, a narrative, a story, an idea, a concept? Think of it. You know, when we go back to the the Volvo story all the time, why? Because it's so obvious. But when Volvo talks about you know, how you buy a car, all Volvo wants you to do is say safety is my number one concern because that's where they've spent all their money building a brand. That's what positioning does. It says, okay, of all the different things, all the different reasons I could own or buy or purchase a car, status, reliability, attractiveness, uh, cost, uh, ease of use, longevity, whatever, there's a million reasons why I could buy a car or at least a million different criteria on which I choose the car I choose to buy. And if I simplify that way of thinking that I only buy safe cars, my first stop is always at Volvo because that's where they've decided to plant their flag. Are they the safest car company? I don't know. Are there other companies who claim safety? Absolutely. Are there other safe cars? Yes. But because they've put their position in that space, I am forced to contend with them because I've simplified things. I've said, okay, I don't care about Ferraris. I don't care about uh, Range Rovers, even though Range Rovers are probably pretty safe. Ferraris I have zero information about. Just based on people who drive them, I'm going to guess no. But if I'm caring about safety, Volvo's in the conversation. I've simplified my life from a world of a million choices, and let's be fair, go to your local job board and search product manager or nurse or electrician and see thousands of open jobs. How does someone simplify that? And the answer is brands. The answer is work for us because we'll help develop you. Work for us because you have a chance to grow yourself. Work for us because we care about the environment. Work for us because we care about the the whales. Work for us because we care our leadership is second to none. Work for us because you'll have a level of status that will help you at the next job. Work for us because, because, because. And here you are throwing facts at people about how much paid vacation they get. It's not about the facts. It's about defining a position and a brand. And that's really what branding is all about. So next time you're writing a job post, next time you're looking at your career site, do yourself a favor, print it out and get a big old red pen and start circling the facts and ask yourself, are those facts supporting the brand or are they there in place of a brand because you don't know what your brand really is all about because you haven't done a great job differentiating your brand from the competition. Because, to me, facts are a clear signal that you don't know what you stand for, that you don't know why you're different, that you don't know how—what you offer is special or unique relative to anybody else. Facts is a red flag, which seems crazy, but now you can see why I think that. So, and it's the same way, Well, you know, beer, is it frozen, is it cold, filtered? Who cares? Right? The pizza and the equally distributed toppings, who cares? Now, if my way of defining what good pizza is is a function not of deliciousness but how convenient it is, suddenly I'm not waiting an hour in line at the Italian pizzeria with the brick oven of a zillion degrees. Suddenly my choices are, do I go Domino's where it's guaranteed in 30 minutes, or it used to be anyway, right, or frozen? And those pizzas are radically different from the Italian brick oven place, right? This is how positioning works, by defining a position and setting a position say, look, you know, yeah, you want pizza and you want it now. Okay. You've now kind of drawn a line between all the possible pizza options. And now my choices are limited. You've made my life simpler. That's how branding and positioning works. So that's like I said, go back to your stuff, get a big red pen, circle it, and decide, is this supporting a brand and story that I care about, that I'm meaningfully different, the position I'm trying to put out in the world, or is it a fact just because I can't think of anything else to say? That's how you're going to strengthen your brand. Get rid of those facts that are facts for fact's sake, and focus on telling a brand position story. That's what I had. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of The Talent Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, a couple of ways to do that. Obviously, there's Twitter, at TheWarForTalent. You can go to the podcast website at thetalentcast.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news of this industry and what's going on, just go to employerbrand.news and sign up for the email newsletter with lots of news and links to other places. If you just want to connect with me on LinkedIn and just say hello or let's just talk. That's linkedin.com slash in slash the war for talent. Or I bet if you just search for James Ellis, i pop up pretty quick. Otherwise, if you have any questions, concerns, considerations, ideas for podcasts, holler at me, let me know what's going on. Thank you. If you've shared it, please share if you haven't rate us, review us. I love all that stuff. It really does help kind of keep the message going and get the message out there. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you next week.